This episode is brought to you by Sword Thailand, lead Thailand specialists in the Northeast, covering all aspects, including commercial and domestic. They've got you covered. So head to Sword underscore Thailand on Instagram and tell them St. James's Pod sent you. In this episode of St. James's Pod, we're going to be discussing how we went to the Emirates and took points from Arsenal for the first time this season. I'm Sam, I'm joined by Alex and Tom. How are you two doing today? Very Happy well, very Happy well. New Year. Fucking brilliant point. Happy New Year. Oh, um, let's uh, let's start as usual with the the lineups. When the Newcastle United lineup was announced, what were your thoughts? Because obviously, the main thing or the only thing is that Woods being dropped and Wilson comes in. I mean, it seems like a pretty obvious one um, to me in terms of the the quality that Wilson was going to bring into the game more so than than what Wood had offered in the uh, the game prior against Leeds. Um, I mean, that's just night and day really at the moment between the two. Um, and although you could argue that we'd need somebody a bit like Wood to be able to like hold the play up and because uh, we were going to probably sit back quite a bit in this game against Arsenal. I think Wilson can equally do that and um, but also has the pace in case we did get a good counter-attack going that he could have um, got in behind. So, yeah, it seemed like a, a an obvious choice and he, uh, he obviously passed, you know, the, the, the internal fitness tests to, to, to go from the start because I know he has been struggling with a, um, a an illness yeah. about illness for the past few weeks so um, clearly Eddie was saving him for this one rather than you know using up all of his energy in the Leeds game and Alex were you expecting to see Maxi at all from the start well, a lot of people were calling for Maxi to start, weren't they? Um, obviously, like he's built up his fitness since the World Cup now, so you think like he's fit enough to start, ready to start. But I think it was more of a tactical decision from how, and as often as he does, he gets it right because I think we needed Joel Linton and Willock in there on the left to combat Saka, and I think if we had some Maximan there, not tracking back. Um, I think it would have caused a lot more problems when Byrne did need a helping hand. I don't think St. Maximan would have been the one back there to help him out. So um, I think that's pretty much why Howe went for that in the end. So um, I wouldn't rule out St. Maximan starting, for example, the next league game. But I think specifically for Arsenal, I think the more defensive option probably worked pretty well. Yeah. And like you said, the, obviously the way he set up really did help um, Dan Burn against Saka. So we might as well dive into that straight away because Arsenal came out the blocks really early, like like we did kind of against Leicester almost. And what you saw at the start was they were really hitting that right-hand side. And Burn had a shaky five minutes against Saka, didn't he? Like at the start, but then he, he seemed to to kind of change the way he played against them, but also Joe Linton and, and Willock were both helping him out a lot, which, as you say, that would have been St. Maxman, even if he'd been, you know, 
drilled to really help them. He's just not. That's not his game. So he's not going to be able to do it as well as either of those two, especially Joel Linton. Um, Tom, what were your, what were your thoughts when you first saw Saka just go past Burn in those first five minutes? Well, it's a, it's one which, although yeah, we have got you know one of the best defenses in the league. Dan Burn kind of sticks out a little bit like saw Fum is the one that you could target just because he's not the most mobile of left backs uh, if you compare them against other left backs in the league so i could see you know their their plan they, they thought yeah saka you know he's quick he's nimble um and you know with somebody like Erdegaard who's got this great relationship now with saka in terms of you know knowing where he's going to be trying to play around him play little one twos uh, it was a concern that yeah if saka was going to get round the back of Burn, then that was going to be a, a real nice, easy way in for Arsenal to then, you know, pull it back across and, and, and get goals that way. So, yeah, when when I seen him, you know, darting past him like he did, like, yeah, heart and mouth moments. But that's credit to Burn, like, because I think he's, he's used all of his, like, experience and age after that first five minutes of knowing that, all right, OK, I'll you know, give him that extra yard and, you know, call for that extra support. And I think by the, you know, middle of that first half, you could see that we had started to double up and, yeah, in some cases, triple up on, on that side, on uh, on Saka, and that the it just we kind of nullified the threat after that first five minutes. I, I can't really think of many other opportunities that Saka did have to, either get round the back or, or try and cut onto his left uh, and get any shots away. So um, I think, yeah, credit has to go to uh, to Burn for, yeah, changing his, his style and, and for just, yeah, the rest of the team, you know, all chipping in and supporting. Because, uh, yeah, clearly, clearly it was a tactic from Arteta to, to, to try and get at us from that, that side. Um, but, yeah, they, they did well in the end. Alex, what, what did you think? Uh, and also, did you notice that Saka seemed to go down holding his face a couple of times as well? Yeah, so I'm just going back to that first five minutes. Jesus Christ. Uh, I thought if this is how the game's going to pan out, it's going to be a long, bloody day. Like, like I'm sure they had like five shots in the first five or six minutes. And I was thinking that like, we're in big fucking trouble, but fair play. Like, I think Eddie, Eddie Howe did switch it up a little bit and went more like... Four five one more than like a four three three, um, yeah. Just to give yeah more so burn uh, a bit more help. Um, I think it was even like out, out of the ball. It could have been more like a four four two because it was like Wilson and Elmiron pressing from the front, and then obviously Joel Linton sitting right back in. Mm. Um, but yeah, with Saka holding his face, I think that's just because he's so small. Genuinely, mm, like yeah. when people like you saw Joel Linton do it. Um, you saw Burn do it when you get your arms out, make yourself big. And because they're so tall, the arms are often cut sack in the face because his head's at elbow height. So I, I, yeah. I thought that was a theme in general from the off from them. Like they went down very soft. Like I think they were very clever with going down with any contact. Like I'm not saying they're not free kicks, but they were like the felt contact went down, the referee blew and 
ones which there were a few cynical ones early on where obviously the, the yellow card did come out really early. So yeah, it's well, like we'll, get, player, but... we'll get into the ref then um, because as you say, he, he pretty much gave uh, a soft yellow. It was either one or maybe even two soft yellows really early on. And then he kind of made a rod for his own back because then he had to give yellows for other soft soft fouls. And then he was kind of like, really... Did he stop? He couldn't give us... He, well, he, he, he couldn't give a, a second yellow when he probably should have because he was like, well, they don't really deserve to get sent off because I've given such a soft one in the first place. So how much do you think his handling of his cards affected the game? And also, I'll ask you this. Do you think in the end it actually benefited us? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think the ref like allowed the conditions to factor into the way you ref the game. I think whenever you you're playing in those sort of um, you know wet and like windy conditions as they were, you gotta just allow a little bit of lenience to some of the challenges that were going in. Yeah, some of the challenges were just plain cynical professional fouls, which you do have to you know blow up for and like, but. Yeah, the stop-start manner of the the game in terms of him blowing up for so many fouls early on and and the yellows, like I think it did probably yeah help us a little bit in terms of took the sting out of like Arsenal's flow, like they couldn't get things moving um, as much as they they wanted to, um, and yeah, we obviously. It, it prevented us a little bit in terms of yeah pr- probably trying to go for it as much as we wanted to as well because the you know it was mainly Newcastle players early on who were getting the cards so I think we had to step off a little bit as well and, and be wary of you know running risks of going down to ten men because I think if we had I think that would have been game over I think Arsenal would have uh, found a way through us if we if we had um, you know had one sent off but yeah I think overall it. It it didn't help us for a spectacle like as someone watching from home. Like uh, it, it was frustrating seeing that happen so many times. Um, uh, the cards coming out and the and the free kicks, um, etc. But I think maybe Eddie and like the coaching staff were were kind of happy to see, you know, it slow Arsenal down a little bit when they were trying to get into a bit of a flow. Yeah, and, and the reason I was kind of thinking, like, in the end, do you think it it sort of helped us out is because I felt like he wasn't going to give the second yellow. Um, and towards the end, like, we were kind of like treading the line a little bit um, and the time wasting and stuff. Um, and as you say, like, especially towards the end when it did seem like we're just hanging on for the nil-nil. That stop, like all those stoppages, um, obviously helped us more than it helped them. Um, but well, just kind of Alex, if you if you can remember, uh, there was two two really poor decisions for me where we picked up yellows. One was the Joel Linton yellow card, and the other was the Miggy yellow card. I thought the Miggy one was really soft. And the Joel Linton one wasn't even a foul. He got the ball. 
yeah, stuffed. Like, obviously, like, Miggy was keep, like, looking up at the ref, being, like, making sure, like, yeah, I'm, like, I'm behind the line, it's, I'm good. And then the referee, yeah. like, must, must have said something. He's, like, standing on the line, his toes over the line, maybe. And then, like, the referee says something again, pulls out the yellow card, and <laughs> Miggy's standing there, like, I, I haven't moved. And then, obviously, the Joel Linton one, I, like, it was a great tackle. It was right in front of the Lionel. The Lionel doesn't give it, or he doesn't help the ref anyways. And then, yeah, obviously, he just nicks the ball, and they get a free kick, which they get a, a punch out from, so it's just caused a whole load of drama when it's actually a great tackle by Joel Linton. He shouldn't have been booked, and it should have been play on. That's the, yeah, the Lionel's. We don't see that enough. We don't see the Lionel's, like, actually... You know, correcting the referee like when they've got the better view, like it's just so frustrating. Like they're just there to every week. They're just awesome. they're just there holding this this flag, and half the time they're getting it wrong, and then they're, or they're over reliant on you know keeping it down because they know VAR'll have a look at it, and it's just like no, you're there to assist. Your, your literal title is an assistant referee. You're there to assist them when he can't see what's happening in in the phase of play, and they don't, they don't do it. Like, and it's just like Joe Linton, you know, gets a needless um, yellow card that he didn't deserve. And yeah, they like you say that that would have been raging had like then a penalty been given at that moment. And because from a, a free kick that shouldn't have been um, the Miggy one was it like interesting only because in the Leeds game, um, I know. One of the yeah. Leeds players got carded for exactly, well, not exactly, but a very similar thing. Or whatever. Yeah, yeah Gananto was like. That was getting... strange, that one, though, wasn't it? Like. Well, because the, the Gananto one, yeah, because yeah. he. Yeah. He wasn't. He didn't even really get away. a warning. No, no. Yeah. I think. I don't know if he, like, he kept saying that Trippier was moving the ball further. Like closer, so that, and he was like saying, "Well, if he's moving it like closer to me, then what am I meant to be doing?" Sort of thing. But then, yeah, it's interesting that Miggy then gets pulled up for a, a similar sort of thing the, the following game. I did feel like some of our tactics that we employed against Arsenal were similar to the stuff that we were getting frustrated with uh, from Leeds doing it to us, um, which. Yeah, there's an yeah. element of irony there, but um, yeah. When uh, funny you're talking about um, Maggie getting booked for what's happened in previous games, also the cells getting booked for <laughs> being <laughs> off the pitch when his only other book in the season has also came when he's off the pitch. <laughs> yes. so, like, you've got to respect that. Like being yeah, booked like... twice and both times he was a south sideline. I know we say that though, it's... you'd think you'd have learned how to do it a bit bit more sneakily. <laughs> oh, he wasn't even trying. <laughs> he was like standing in front of him, telling him to like get back because obviously he was taking the throne from further forward. The referee's telling him to get back, not listening to him. <laughs> and then he's just like he's just not moving. Yeah. Like you'd think you'd pretend to like tie his shoelace or like something. <laughs> so, yeah. But I'm not very fair play. Not, not very subtle. Um this is jumping ahead a little bit here, but as we were talking about the yellow cards, I thought um, Trippier did really well because uh, obviously he's up against Martinelli on that side, and if he picked up a yellow, he'd miss the um, the next league game because he was. Yeah. I think him and Shaw were both one-off suspension, so they both did did really well. Yeah. 
and now okay. even if they pick one up in the next game they'll get them um refresh won't they so yeah yeah i thought they did really well and um Trippier, I, I, yeah i thought he was going to have quite a tough time i think is like first sort of five ten minutes when they were really coming at us I, I think that was the first time i really noticed our defenses sort of not lack of pace but we're probably one of the slower defenses in the league we don't really have a, a, a rapid uh fullback and I'd say Botman's probably like the fastest centre half, and he's he's not that quick off the blocks. Like once he gets going, he's quite pacey. But I thought that was exposed a little bit in the first five or ten, which again really kind of shows how good the defensive display was. When you think about Arsenal's attack and play, like Saka, Martinelli, and then the way they've got Odegaard in the centre threading things, they should really have been able to. Get get through our back four on paper quite easily, but well, I think it, yeah, from from front to back, it was such a like good defensive display, wasn't it? Yeah, I'd say that comes purely down to the experience. That I mean, I know Botman's only young, but I think he's everybody would say he's got a a head um, of, of of a you know very experienced defender, even at this young age, uh, the way he plays, but. I'd say a lot of it just came down to really good positioning. And, like, yeah, just I think there was moments where, like, they were crossing in low crosses, which were dangerous, fizzing about, but Cher just seemed to always just be stood in the right place, just getting a big boot on it and just getting it away. And, like, never looked like I would say that we were... I mean, yeah, there were probably a few moments where we looked like we were clinging on, but not loads. Like, and and even when we were, like, there was just the um, the way in which we went about it. It wasn't panicking. That I don't, I wouldn't say like there was just they just like like say they were just in the right places at the right times and just yeah, getting the ball away and like just clearing it. Well, I know Dan Byrne obviously was involved with some of the potential penalties, but. Um, I think all of them just, yeah, played to their man really well. And yeah, you, I, I, I get your point that they should, like, on paper, be, you know, more at risk because of their lack of pace. But if you've got the experience and the and the whereabouts to to be positionally solid, uh, which they always seem to be, then no matter how quick you are, you're not going to get past them if they're already in that position. So, yeah, no fair play to them. That's the thing, like with the the lack of pace, they make up for with the like the awareness. Like even as you said, Botman's so young, his positional awareness, like and reading the game and reading where the ball's going, is like fantastic. And even like Burn, as you were saying, like first five minutes he had like he's put on toast a couple of times, but then after that he was dropping off maybe a bit too much, but he was giving himself a couple of yards. So when Saka went to go past him, he knew he had like the, the legs to like even match him after a couple of yards. If you know what I mean. And get back yeah. and, and recover well. So um, yeah, I think that's the same with um, Shaw and Trippier as well. What the lack of pace um, that they have, they do make up for in the tactical awareness and just reading your man. Yeah, definitely. And I think I put on the lads chat about 
five or ten minutes in that I felt like um, Shaw was having one of his poorer games because I'd seen him kind of step and and his passing didn't seem to be in. And then I'd noticed him kind of ball watching and not, not like coming back with the defence. But then towards the end of the game, I was like, he's actually had probably like a nine out of ten performance. So I think the whole team probably after those first... So I don't know if it was to do with like Eddie Howe changing the tactics a little bit or just the fact that Arsenal came out so, so, so strong. And I think, should we just talk about Arsenal for a little bit? Because obviously they're top of the league and like I've seen like some of the games this season. I've, I've seen the results. And I was still impressed by them. They are really good. I expected them to be worse at the back because they have leaked some goals this season. But we really struggled to get at them. And obviously, the fact that we're the first team where they've dropped points against this at home just goes to show like how impressive they have been this season. Hundred percent. Um I know one of our keen listeners, um uh who is an Arsenal fan would like this shout out. But um yeah, party, I think he had well, only listener. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't believe our only listeners are Arsenal fans. Exactly. Love this episode. Gonna <laughs> love it. But now, uh, yeah, the, the Thomas party on the match. <laughs> <laughs> no, in fairness, I was speaking to him about it earlier, and like uh, party did have a, um, you know, I, I thought of, um, he he was a bit anonymous, but then, like he explained like he was always just sort of there any time that we tried to get forward like and create anything he would always be there dropping back into a, into the defense and his positional awareness as well was fantastic all right he didn't pop up in terms of any attacking threat or anything i suppose that's not his game anyway he is a defensive minded midfielder and a couple of shots from but... the box when the couldn't break were down he did yeah, he did um and yeah, he, I know he has got that ability in him to, to hit one from long range. But yeah, I thought he had a really good game in nullifying any sort of threat um, that we had in terms of trying to get forward. Um, obviously, I'd, I'd really enjoy watching Erdegaard. I think he's a he's a class player. Um, he was trying a few sort of little sort of passes, a bit like Bruno for us. He's he's their sort of guy to unlock things and he was trying a couple of little interesting like passes to try and get through us, like little lobs over the top or small little like uh passes right on the edge of the area which were some were coming off, some weren't, but um yeah, he's a he's a great player. Um I think they are starting to get to that point where I know they have been laughed at for a long time, um, because of their inability to challenge for things and that they just end up falling away. But I think on that performance, um, they're going to be there right until the, the end of the season, even if City, you know, start, you know, getting better and picking their form up. I still think Arsenal have enough to hang on in there and, and be, I, I won't say that they're going to, you know, end up with the, the title, but they're going to be, they're going to be right there. Yeah, oh, definitely. Like 
Uh, they really impressed me yesterday as well. Like the passing is just like really good. You talk about like a front three, it's more like a front five sometimes because you've got Jacques and Odegaard like breaking like in between our defence and midfield and there's so many passes they received on the edge of the box. It just becomes a nightmare of who you track and who you like you're chasing back. Um so it's like obviously you mentioned Party, the one that sits, and then them two like push right forward and it, it literally as you were talking about that, it made me think when he compared Bruno to Odegaard, if we had a player like Partey who could just sit in front of the back four and then Bruno could push forward that bit further, it just shows that what we could be capable of going forward if we did let Bruno off the leash a little bit and let him a bit more attack and freedom. Yeah. Yeah, there was a good little moment in the midfield where um, just where Odegaard and Bruno kind of like... um, Ended up, I think Bruno got fouled by Odegaard, but it was just like interesting to see, like that. I think the respect of those two players, like in what they they both do. I think Bruno had just like given him a quick little turn, and like he was off and ready to like spring a pass, and like yeah, I think mm. it just I could just see like that comparison of those two, like kind of you know working. I mean, yeah, it's just was yeah, that after Odegaard got booked. Uh, that was when he did get booked, wasn't it? He did get booked, yeah. Yeah, pulled him back, yeah. Yeah, Um, but no, he's a great player. You can see why we all signed him at 16. Oh, yeah. How how much did he uh, cost Arsenal? Do you know? I'm not sure. Is that a lot of money? I'm sure he went to Real for about 60 million when he was 16. Um, I think I think he did cost about thirty five or something in that region. Um, oh, yeah, I think yeah. He, he, I mean, yeah, he's, he wasn't like I think they, he's the player they've been missing since uh, Özil um, left like, in terms of that guy to create things. Um, Özil Gomez. Yeah, and he, he's he's doing he's doing it now. I think. Yeah, it was 40 um, million euros. Yeah, that's very reasonable. Um, one thing I was going to say about how impressive Arsenal looked, I think it's also because the contrast in watching us play. Because we're normally that dominant team this season. Like, the way they were passing the ball around, the possession they had, and they were just, like, keeping the ball... You've seen us do that so much to teams at St. James's Park, especially. And then to be on like the receiving end of it, and for us to not really be able to like put our mark on the game at all, not really like our identity wasn't really in that game. We had to change, and I think that's just like shows again how impressive they are. Um, just before we kind of get onto some of their. Uh, chances and some of the other key moments. We'll just mention before half time we had a really good opportunity to go one 0 up. Joe Linton at the back post. What I've seen some different opinions on this. Um, Tom, the way the way you reacted when I mentioned that, are you are you thinking he should have buried that? I mean, and yeah, just talk us through the the moment as well. Yeah, he's great. Great ball in. Um, 
to the back post. Um, I think it was a Trippier, I think, who whipped it in. Um, and yeah, well, flicked on at the like, post. I think Shaw um, flicked it on. I think. Yeah, I mean, we overloaded that back post. Um, there was a few players around it, but then, it, yeah, Joe Linton's peeled away. Um, keeper Ramsdale's kind of towards the uh, the front post, so that that back back post, like it just seemed so open. And then I don't know, he's I don't know if he's just got his jump all wrong or like. I just couldn't quite. I mean, it's proper fifty p head. Like it just comes like, sl- like smacking them off the like top of the head or something. I can't even remember exactly which part of the head it comes off, but it just uh, yeah it comes right off the top like. <laughs> yeah, it's just horrible. Like I for somebody who's like he has scored like headers in the past, and he's somebody that you would like you would pick out you know, on a corner or free kick as somebody is like to target just from his height and physicality and, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that header was just, that uh, was abysmal. Like he had just, all it needed to do is it hits any part of his forehead. Then like, you know, he had half the goal, I would say to, to, to aim at and it would have been one nil. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was probably our only chance really in the game. Um, uh, that I would that I would say was notable, um, and yeah, just a shame that he he got it all wrong. So you uh, of the same opinion, or do you think it comes at him too fast and he doesn't have enough time to position himself? I think there's no excuses. Like uh, he knows, you'll probably know the set piece routine or what we we're trying to do. Like obviously, trip yeah, just like knows true. What he, what he wants to do. So he'll have known, well, obviously he made that run for the back post and known Shaw's going to try and get the flick on. So I think he just needs to react that little bit quicker and don't get on it as much. Like, he just needs to cushion it. He doesn't need to get any power on it. The power's already on it from the flick on. Guide it in. Get it, like, at least get it on target. That's all, yeah. all you can ask. Get it on target. Then if someone blocks it off the line, if Ramsdale gets across, fair enough. But he's got to be hitting the target. And it was a huge chance as well. I mean, the fact it came off the top of his head is probably the worst thing. Like, no idea. Um, so, going into the second half, obviously, I would say Arsenal came out just as strong in the second half as they did in the first. And we had to kind of ride the wave a little bit before we kind of got into the game again. Um, one player who I want to talk about, we we mentioned him at the start. Obviously, he came in for Wood, uh, Callum Wilson. How did you feel his performance was? And do you think he was fit enough to be starting? Um, yeah, he was, he was obviously yeah. quite quiet, wasn't he? Yeah. Um, I think there was... It's difficult for him to get into the game. Like, say, we were, we were playing quite a low block... Um, and at times, again, it, it felt a little bit of old in terms of, you know, we had only one player to really aim for whenever we cleared the lines and, uh, you know, expecting him to hold the ball up when he's got two defenders around him um, at minimum. So, yeah, it was quiet for him. He had, he had a, I think, 
a bit of a struggle on his hands. Um, so I can't necessarily give him any, you know, stick for his performance, but it, it certainly wasn't of a standard that we're, we're used to and uh, seeing from him. I, maybe he had some of that lingering fitness issue, um, but it was hard to really say because I don't think there was many opportunities where he could have, like, you know, broke away and 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 done uh, and caused Arsenal many issues. I would say. Yeah, it was a tough game for him. Like, um, as you mentioned before, like he is quite good at holding the ball up. Like, I don't think you bring Chris Wood on to change the game like that. Like, I think Wilson's probably better at holding the ball up. But every time he tried to get it down, it was like you swamped by Arsenal players. Yeah. He's never really got one moment to like just try and get it down and make a pass, and the chances were really few and far between. And a lot of the times he was just isolated as well. Like he really didn't have a lot of help since we were playing, yeah, basically four five one. Um, so I don't think you can really judge his performance on like as you said, coming back from um, this bug that you had and then playing in the way that we did. Yeah. You, you can't really put too much in Callum Wilson there, I don't think. There was one moment where the ball got whipped in and he he had oh, a bit yeah. of an air shot, didn't he? Which, Aye. Uh, maybe not like um, fitness, but maybe sort of match fitness in terms of he's not kicked the ball enough because he's been out. Because that's probably the sort of opportunity where you would expect him to probably get something on target there and he just totally missed the ball. Um. Obviously, as you say, like real, real tough day from. But when when Wood and Murphy came on, it appears you obviously you're a big fan of Murphy. So <laughs> not, a, you not anymore. You're still a situation? big fan of Murphy. No, no. <laughs> honestly, that that's a, it was dreadful in terms of seeing a, le- a, a less effective sub than than Murphy. I think I don't think I've seen anybody not do anything to a game. I mean, he almost did the opposite, and we'll get on to that. But uh, right at the very end, but um, he just didn't do anything. Like and Wood didn't really do anything either. But um, you know, at least he was a physical presence. Um, but no, Murphy was very poor. I know Almiron has worked his absolute socks off like all season so I don't blame him needing to come off and, and get an arrest but obviously Almiron's one of one of our most effective players and he he was the one who, who whipped that ball in wasn't he for for Wilson's air shot and that you know he was probably the only one I could really trust to get in behind um all game um if, if I'm being yeah. honest but Murphy Murphy was never gonna do that and he never no, he just he was just really poor. Like it was just a, a very very poor substitute uh, appearance from him. Um, yeah, didn't do anything. There's a few times we'd like won the ball and we look like we could be on the break and it looked promising. And every time he just gave the ball away or got tackled or just there's one time where he just dawdled on the ball for about five seconds and he was just like he yeah. didn't know whether to, like make the pass or make make a run or what. And they just caught on the ball every single time. It's so frustrating to watch. It was like, yeah. we're bringing someone on yeah. to try and 
give us something at least, um, give us some legs. And he just didn't offer anything. You're reminding me of the Murphy that Wood kind of got used to because Wood been giving him a little bit of praise recently. He had a bit of a run in the team, and we were saying like Eddie's obviously worked with him, and you can you can tell he's changed a bit. But at the start of this season, I was saying he's probably championship level, and I'd say after the performances we've seen this season, maybe lower lower Premier League. But as soon as he comes up against anyone like half decent or well Arsenal are very decent obviously but you can just see the the like golfing quality he's just he doesn't know what to do um it'll be interesting to see if he plays in the the cup games against uh especially the the Sheffield one because obviously lowly opposition see if he can really turn it on but he's got to be one of the ones that didn't he Last season, he was on loan at Chef Wednesday, so, yeah. Last season? Really? Yeah, yeah, he had a... season new to me as well. <laughs> no, he had a, he had a brief loan bias. spell, didn't he? Um, well, maybe, yeah. maybe season four, I don't think last season. I um, maybe, maybe <laughs> said. Um, um, well, yeah, the... Do you think he's going to be one we look to move on? Maybe not in January, but in the summer. Uh, yeah, I'd, I know. I, I said in the times I have been praising him and in, in, in his form that he might have been working his way into. Well, he's definitely squad rotation now, um, but that he he could have cemented a, a a role in the future as that sort of player. But no, I. You know, as like you say, the golfing class for, between him and the Arsenal players. If we're wanting to realistically compete with Arsenal um, in the next few seasons, uh, we need better players than Murphy coming off the bench and uh, you know, uh, changing the game effectively. And he's, yeah, he's just not that. So, uh, yeah, he's 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 going to be on that list for me of players that need clearing out. Um, for sure, because he's he's just not even yeah the golfing class between him and Almiron, like or um or Willock or Maxi, the ones who who start more games. Like there's just a big golfing class between him and players currently in the squad. So yeah, I I can't see him staying around for much longer after this season. It's interesting you mentioned Maxi because he came on before Maxi. Um, and I think at the moment we're in this like transition period and we need the we need the wingers to be able to defend um and defend well. And I think that's one thing that why he likes Murphy, he's like he's willing to, to work back and I guess he probably is more drilled than Maxi, but it's going to be very interesting when we get a, or if and when we get a solid six in, whether he lets the wingers off the leash a bit more. Um, Alex, what what were your thoughts? Um, yeah, well, 
He's like one of those players that, like, when you start a football manager save, like, he's on the transfer list straight away, isn't he? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. He's so, even like past the early rounds of the cup against lower league opposition, like, you, you, you couldn't really trust him. Like, I, I, if, I, if he started at Leicester, for example, I'd be fucking gutted. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think you'll start against Leicester. I don't think you'll start any other Premier League games. Um, but yeah, he's just not good enough. Like as you said, Sam, about him being Premier League quality, I don't think he would start for any team in the Premier League. Like even like you're not in first and that. Like would you play him over like Emmanuel Dennis or someone? I don't think you would. No, um, probably not. No. no so no. you've got like a lot of players like that. Like even if you look at our bench to see who we've got to bring on, and we've still got like Mankio and people who've done a job in the past, but. <laughs> we're third in the league like you can't rely on those kind of players to to keep you up there um, and to basically make a difference like regularly and I agree with St Maximan that you can't rely him to defend so I think say if we went 1-0 down I think he would have came on earlier yeah. um, but when we were defending on 0-0 because let's be honest we weren't really trying to win that game um, we're trying to snatch a point and get out if we can catch them on the break then brilliant um, and we did have chances near the end we did have a couple of corners um, but at that moment you can see why St Maximan was left on the bench when every player was putting in such a shift like like Arsenal will complain that players were going down pretending to be injured and all that but I genuinely feel like the players ran themselves into the ground last night like it was a great oh, effort, definitely. like by the full um, team. You look at you Joe Willock. Joe Willock, where yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's like yeah. stop. Basically, stops playing. He didn't. He didn't like um, go down and try and stop the game. He's just there trying to kick his cramp out and trying to carry on. Uh, I mean, then was definitely chasing him off when he's getting subbed off. He's like telling him to like jog on, and Willock actually jogs off. I'm like, if that was me, I would be like, I'm fucking injured. I'm walking. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I couldn't believe it when I seen that I was like you've seen he's, he's been down and he's still getting Gabriel walking over like complaining that he's walking too slow fair enough with Wilson he was doing the, the Peter K jog walk he was like he was like oh, jogging yeah. but he was like at walking pace <laughs> taking his shinies out and that as well Good. Oh, yeah. 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 I was yeah. a bit worried with that you know when he's on a yellow car ah you know yeah. there's a few that of those is- where obviously I was like you know like when the ta- when the ball's already gone, he always has a little bite at the player after. Like, he's done it so many times, even after he was on yellow. He has just a little like snap at the ankles. And there's a few of them. I thought like if the player goes down, like yeah, he's watch himself. You can tell he shouts at the ref as well, quite a bit. Oh yeah, he does. He has a right go. Oh, I think wasn't it um, in the Leeds game? I seen a little clip of him and he was like talking to the ref and he's like giving him like this and basically like. <laughs> Referring to him oh, as being like it wasn't to the ref, was it? No, it was the it was to was that uh, Granto. Oh, was it to Granto? Oh, sorry, I thought it was to the ref. Yeah, but he's like sort of saying like you're actually I'm like a big player. You're just this little tat. He's like, doing it. No, the, he's doing nobody. it. The Gallagher. Pete was standing next to us. He spotted the crowd. Uh, uh, he does have that in his game. Uh, got to get though, the customary gym when he's not on. Oh, of course he <laughs> do. Um, 
but yeah, you do kind of worry a little about Bruno just um, having that like fiery side to him. Although it obviously helps him in terms of like the passion and the displays. Like you don't want to get it out of his game, but like yeah, when you in those big moments, you just like kind of. You, I think I've seen Trippier at, at one point like just giving him the whole like calm down a bit like you know like i think that was when he was giving it some to the ref and he was just like yeah just just chill out a little bit um but yeah um that's good for doing that like the amount of times he goes up to the ref and he's just like like you see when jack uh, brought down who was it for the second yellow well the alleged second yellow um uh it was fairly early in the second half sure was off his course. face, yeah. Yeah, I think it might have been Bruno actually. They burst him forward and he break, take, takes him down on the edge of the box. And you see, trip, you go up to the ref and just hold two fingers up. Like, is that not it's like second yellow? It's mm. a bit because yeah, the way the first half went and what the ref was giving fouls for, if he was consistent, then it would have been the yellow card. There were the a couple of times was because you hey, lost some. No, there was a there was a couple of times where I, I didn't appreciate our players giving it the like imaginary yellow card, and I I, I don't know Bruno might have done it. I I can't remember exactly which players were doing it, but I mean, I mean we were probably reacting more to the fact that Arsenal players were were, were doing it uh, previous, but mm. I don't want to see our players like get into this like habit of like surrounding the ref and giving it the that because. I, I don't like it full stop in, in footy anyway, but like if our players are, are going to do it, then yeah, I'd rather I'd rather they didn't. But um, yeah, I, I did notice that at some points in the game. I think that's the other good thing. Trippy has captain as well. He's, he quite often just pushes everyone away mm-hmm. um, and he's like, I'll talk to the ref. You like, there's no point in everyone just shouting at him. Um, well, let's let's uh, let's go on to a couple of the the refs' decisions that obviously the Arsenal players and fans and manager weren't very happy with. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when obviously, I mean, we'll get on to Arteta specifically in a minute. But when he's saying about the two um, penalties, like penalty shouts. Like the second one, I'm thinking, like, what, what is that? Like, I can only think of the handball. But then, obviously, what he is talking about is the uh, Dan Burn on Gabriel, where he pulls out his shirt when the uh, corner's coming in or the free kick's coming in. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, um, I mean, he's he's dreadful like... at the time. Yeah. I... No, I get what you mean there, Dorse. Like it was, it was a bit like the commentary that we had with, with Sky Sports. Um, like I don't think they pulled it up straight away. I think it was maybe like a few phases after the the, the like showing of a replay. But I think when you see that sort of angle where he's like, yeah, he's, his shirt's pretty much like wrapped around the other side of him. Like, and yeah, I'd. I'd say he's very close to the line on that one um, in terms of, yeah, that, that if it had been given, it, I wouldn't be so 
like aggrieved by it being given. Just we've 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 heard a lot about referees trying to like bring in like more sort of rules about shirt pulling and in, in the box and um sort of things like that uh, over the last like season and a half and yeah it was a clear clear shirt pull um i know some of the toon fans are trying to pull the incident that happened in the first half where it was gabriel on on burn and that it was like well you know gabriel kind of pulled burn down um for a potential penalty for us so they kind of even themselves out but um yeah it was a it was a very close one um and yeah we may have got a little lucky i would say but like when you compare it to the burn one in the first half um burns like looking to get the ball for us from the set piece and um I think he like leans into Gabriel and then Party knocks him down. Party isn't even looking at the ball. It says heads down, he just barges burn over. But since there is a bit of like to and fro, then they don't even really look at it. With obviously the burn on Gabriel one, like Burns eyes are on the ball, like he's going for it, but he did get away with one because it's like it's similar to the the long stuff one against Wolves, which we didn't get given. To be fair, but we said it should have been given, but we didn't get it. So, are you saying it's like swings around about? It's like a bit of consistency, maybe that like we didn't yeah. get it given. Arsenal haven't got it given. I'm not sure, but like you think want it's it this... for your team. Yeah, Go it's on. this thing about what did they say at the time with the Wolves one? It was like a, it needs to be a persistent Sherpa. Yeah, to be given, and it's like, well, what defines persistent? Because we've seen, we've seen ones that are um, kind of like a less length of time be given. We've seen ones that have been like a, a harder pull, but not as long of a time not be given. And it, whether whether the ref even seen it or looked at it, but you, you'd assume like VAR would have a look. Um. Well, I mean, I didn't. My opinion was that, well, it's one of them where it could could go either way, and obviously, he didn't think it was a penalty. So, I wouldn't. I mean, I get what you're saying is like if it's if it's your team, you you'd want it, but the fact that he's given it is like an absolute blatant penalty. I wouldn't say it's blatant. No, no, not that. Um, and then the other one is obviously the. The shouting for handball against Murphy at the end. You kind of mentioned it earlier, Tom. Um, he's well. I mean, my opinion on this one is he's far too close, and also the the arm isn't in a um, unnatural position. So they're the main things you look for with the handball shout. But I mean, my, my heart was in my mouth a bit when I seen it, and I was like, trust it be Murphy. I don't know. If, Alex, do you think we got off for that one? Well, I think because they were so desperate by, by this point, it made the shout so much bigger. Like, they made so much more drama out of it because it was the, like, 94th, 5th minute or whatever. Um, it was, like, literally one of the last kicks of the game. And, like, his arms are, like, sort of almost tucked in. Like, he's not making himself, like, massive. Like, and it is point blank range. Like, I don't think it's penalty at all. And I think, yeah, the only reason why there's such a fuss being kicked up is because all the Arsenal players were desperate, Arteta was desperate, and 
they, they couldn't beat were on the field, so they had to try and rely on the ref to give them a penalty. So I really don't think it was a penalty at all. Not that one. Yeah, we saw um, we saw Arteta and Eddie obviously get into it over that incident. Uh, Tom, what are you thinking when you see those scenes on the sidelines? You, you don't often see Eddie get a rise. No, no. Normally, he he leaves it to like Jason Tindall or um, you know one of the other mm-hmm. coaching staff to big dog to get. Yeah, yeah, Graham Jones or somebody like else to come in, but like, yeah, you could tell. Like, I think yeah. the antics of Arteta throughout the whole game. You know, he 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 was pacing up and down his technical area. At any moment, he was chatting. In uh, I think it was the Australian um, guy who was on fourth official duties. Um, Gillett. He was Gillett. He was in his ear um, all game long. Like. He didn't like the time wasting. He didn't like the the little fouls and everything. So he was just constantly in his ear. I think Eddie had just been like, and then obviously the reaction of him not getting the penalty and like he's jumping up and down and everything. Like I think Eddie was just like, right, okay, I'm sick of you trying to influence the game. Like from from here in terms of getting in the referee's uh, head about stuff. Like so, like pack it in a bit and yeah, like. We were saying just before we started, like he, Arteta seemed obviously he's, he's he's come through Guardiola's kind of um, mindset and being part of his coaching staff. But he's, you know, and Alex, you said like he's he's like a combination of um, Pep and when things aren't going his way, very much like Klopp. Like he, he's he's starting to show those traits as a manager now of a of a, of a you know of a side that are challenging. That, but he's shown some of the traits, the the worst side of those traits. I like, I, yeah, he, I I didn't quite like seeing him like trying trying to do that. And Eddie Eddie's classy, like you said, Sam. He's a classy manager. He doesn't get involved in any of that stuff um, too often. But I think when he's when he's seen enough of it throughout the game, he's he's got a he has a he has a line. And I think Arteta definitely had crossed that with uh, the way he was acting. Oh, he crosses the line. He's nearly at the fucking 18 yard box and he's pacing up and down. <laughs> he like, was, yeah. Honestly, he gets away with so much. Like He does, yeah. Je- Jesse Morris got sent off for a, like, a lot less. And then, no wonder Eddie Howe got pissed off. Like, he- he's genuine. What he's trying to do is influence the decision of the fourth official. That's what he's trying to do when he's doing that. Which yeah. is like, you-, you, don't- you-, you never get that from like any of the, the lower um, play sides in the league. It's always like, this like arrogance. We said it against Man U when they were surrounding the ref, like ten players. They've got this arrogance that like they should be winning, and when they're not winning, it's like it's anyone's fault but themselves. Um, the only person who's actually quite um, respectful with that is Pep because he give credit to us when we got the three three. Said we deserved it. He said like they should have done better, etc. Um, but yeah, just every single little foul from like the first half, as you said, like I. You, the fourth official should have had more of a word than him. You should have been booked in the first half, and you should have probably been yeah. booked in the second half. Like you can't go on like that. Like they always talk about respect the officials. There's no respect there at all. Like whether it's like yeah. during the game or this comments after. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. well, 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 you like stepping out your technical area like you say dos like you um he was you know miles out of it and you know surely if it that like like a player on the pitch if you're persistently you know gonna break that rule about you know stepping out your technical area and, and this and that then yeah the ref should be being called over and saying right okay that you know you're on a yellow card and you do it again and you know you're off and you're into the stands but yeah like you say he gets away with it and uh you know just frustrating for for us as fans of you know a team who've got a manager who you know is respectful and sticks to the rules and um yeah never gets involved in that i was going to ask what what actually happens when a manager gets a yellow card is it just the same as a player getting a yellow card where they have to get two for anything to actually happen? Yeah. Or is it, um, do, they, do they like count them up as well? So like if they get five, they're in the stance for the next one? Well, mm, I don't know about about the carrying on a bit like that. <laughs> no idea. But I know obviously if they get a red card and have to sit in the stands, then I think doesn't that equate to then a match like like they're suspended for the next game the in next terms one. of they miss the next one they have to sit in the stands i think that's what happened with jesse marsh um when he got mm. his red card yeah. um so yeah but just just a bit great i mean yeah i know we've seen it before with there's like you know managers from down the years in the premier league who've had that kind of way about them obviously fergie wenger Mourinho, like they've right. all been at it and like done things to try and influence the game yeah it's like the wenger, the classic wenger with like yeah where's the added time and like fergie time and everything yeah just fergie, but, man. Should, i think wenger, wenger did it a little bit as well um but i think maybe some of that's creeping back i don't know like some of those like managers who have being managed by those those guys like they're trying to adopt those those tactics but um yeah Arteta was it was it was pretty embarrassing to see him like acting where he was just like a little petulant child um but yeah he didn't get his own yeah. way in the end so it'll be interesting in Arsenal's next game because uh, it'll be Arteta Conte won't it it's like the North London Derby next up for them. Tough, God, so tough, there could tough. be some fireworks in that one. I wouldn't want to be the fourth official that day. Hi. And yeah, you, you mentioned it there, and that was the last thing I've got to to talk about is how um, Eddie Howe showed his class again in his post-match interview. He just says, yeah, no problem between me and Arteta. He's great manager, blah, blah, blah. When really he's probably thinking he's an absolute dickhead, but <laughs> um, is there anything anything else? You... Oh, actually, we, we didn't mention Pope. His save towards the end, that obviously kept us in it and uh, probably saved yeah. us to the point. That was massive save. It was a massive fantastic save. save. Yeah, like, it, he does, he, he's great saving things with his feet like i know he's a big guy and like yeah he's he, yeah i mean he can get 
around um dive around and made loads of different types of saves but i i was surprised with like i think he has made quite a few this season now like low low shots that he's he's had to react quickly to with his with his feet and legs and making those blocks and that um that one there cuz it, it it was a nice move by arsenal and and that and kept you you know got himself in a great position and um yeah i don't think you can label anything at Nketiah for um the opportunity and not taking it i think he's done what he can in that like quite you know quick moment and just a snapshot and to open the catch uh pope out but reactions were were top notch and yeah massive save in the in the context of the game and at what point it was in the game very late on as well yeah and interestingly Dubrovka was back on the bench uh, obviously he's been recalled and he's straight back on the bench but we'll um we'll get more into Dubrovka I think in the next episode um little tease up here guys listen to the next episode if you want to hear about Dubrovka <laughs> Um, but if if you guys haven't got anything else, we'll uh, wrap that one up there. What a so, fantastic point! Away, by the way, what a yeah. fantastic point! That should be yeah. said. Yeah, brilliant I'd, point. I'd, I'd say because we were disappointed not to get three points against Leeds, and we've seen that as maybe two points dropped. I personally didn't expect this to come away with anything from Arsenal, so I feel. Out of the two games, it's only one point now that is kind of missing from from that, which kind of softens the blow a little bit. Um, so, yeah, fair play to the boys for for bringing the point back. Also, it keeps even though we we you know feel like we dropped two points against Leeds, it keeps the unbeaten record going, keeps that unbeaten feeling going. Um, it's like yeah, oh, six yeah. clean sheets yeah. in a row. Yeah. That we forgot to mention. That's a, now a, a club record. So um, fair play to Nick Pope and the and the defence for for keeping that run going as well. And hopefully they keep that going um, for for a few more games at least. Yeah, and just a quick shout out to Longstaff before we sign off as well because I think he was integral in in that midfield. Um, Again, he had some sloppy passes in the first half, I think. But he, I felt like he had a poor game against Leeds and he came in and he was a really essential cog in that system. And it is the likes of him that also helped the, the, the fact we're getting clean sheets. So I think he's probably the only player we haven't mentioned um, so far. So, yeah, great, great by him as well. So, yeah. Guys, if uh, you've enjoyed the episode, or even if you haven't, please uh, give us a like on the, on it's this episode. Review, yeah. it, it does really help, yeah. Five-star review. Um, give us a, a follow or a, a subscription. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that notification bell. And really try and help us get this channel going. So once again, thanks to Sword Thailand for sponsoring this episode. And join us in the next episode where we're going to preview... The next two games, as we're doing a cup special, and we're hopefully marching in. <laughs> Three guys. <laughs> Today, I. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Cheers, guys. See you in the next one. Ta-ra.
wanna hear 